forever. Eternity. You don't need people anymore. Nothing you can do about it. Content. Nothing you can do. Content. You will be mashed up, cut up, repackaged for someone else's need. And the world's largest media company <laughs> creates no content. Yeah, we're not producing the content. <laughs> we're allowing users to, to share. I hereby declare this to be an unlawful assembly. I want to know what they're talking about amongst themselves. And I want to spread that content to the people who aren't this content yet. It's normal for some things to come to your attention. And we're back for another episode of Are We Content? Where I'm your host, they call me Mr. X indeed, but you can call me Chud. And with me, as always, is the great Moral Bob. Bob, how are we doing tonight? Man, I'm doing pretty awesome. I don't know that I'd call myself great, but I appreciate oh, the gesture. You absolutely not. Not everyone is worthy of that title, but you are I, absolutely worthy of that title when I, I introduce you. That, it's uh, some people used to be worthy of the title. You know, Adam brought it up uh, last week when he was here, like Scott Horton, the great Scott Horton. I think he kind of lost that title. I think a lot of people who used yeah. to who I could still look back and say, you know, they were great. They did some great things. They wrote some great stuff, whatever. Well, and not to not to cut you off, but these are people we interacted with in our journey that has led us here and we interacted with them when we needed to. Mm-hmm. So they were still great in that moment. You right. know, looking back on what they did for us is great. You mm-hmm. know, that was great that I encountered you know, Tom Woods and Lysander Spooner and Scott mm-hmm. Horton and, and, you know, the Mises Institute and all of that shit that I, when I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I, I've, I, I've, especially back in like 2020, 2021, I was saying over and over again, I'm so glad I got all that under my belt before now, because right. I don't have time for that shit now. And if I didn't know it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't have time for it. It wouldn't matter. But you know, another thing I was saying at that time too, is I think I learned a lot of lessons from all those, those, those in quotes, greats that we're talking mm-hmm. about. And I think I learned their lesson a little better than they even knew it when they were teaching it to me because they didn't, right. they seemed to not follow their own philosophies and ideas. Not all of them, not everyone, but you know, some of them, some of them just, I left them in the dust with their own things that they taught me, <laughs> you know? Well, these are, these are all people, you know, looking back on this stuff. Um, they all had the right ideas, but they didn't put their ideas into their own daily life mm-hmm. for whatever reason, whether it was jobs, job safety, whatever convenience. Sure. Um, you know, convenience is is the number one reason people choose these things right um it makes their lives easier that's that's why you go along with tyrannical dictates is because it's just easier Mm -hmm. right go along to get along they say yep right and so looking at them now i'm just like yeah okay so they didn't live their principles but they were you know we we had mentioned it right before we started recording i just started reading 1984 Yes. Um, by George Orwell, mm-hmm. which isn't his real name. Um, his name's Eric Blair. Okay. Um, I didn't so, know. That. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you have in this book, the thought police, right. Mm-hmm. And 
they they don't so you can have these ideas but nobody can find out you have them Mm -hmm. right and so you know looking back at your lysander spooners your john locks you know the these these people that kind of led the anarchist libertarian whatever um movement movement the you know the uh austrian economics movement you know all of this this free market true capitalism free society type of thought Mm -hmm. they didn't live it because they you know they they felt that weight like oh you know if i do this then you know i'll go to prison and then we have peter peter or people like um erwin schiff who went to jail for dodging taxes well Uh there's a little more nuance to that um and I, I think a lot of that was smoke and mirrors. I mean, it just happens to be the guy that writes books about anti-government and anti-tax that goes to jail for ta- like right, right. It's like, a little too perfect. Seems, it's it's a little too on the nose, right? Uh-huh. Um, but they show us that stuff to just keep us in line. Yeah. And so we, at this point in time in a, in our society, we haven't gone full Orwellian. We can actually publicly have these thoughts, but we, you know, it's looked down on if you put them into action. It's we're, we're incrementally moving towards that with like, I, I kind of hate this term now. I used to use it a lot, but the whole cancel culture thing where, yeah. because I'm and theoretically, like I'm fine with cancel culture, you know, humiliation is a great way <laughs> to, to make things happen, but right. it gets people to suddenly start doing uh, pre-crime on themselves on their own words where people are afraid to speak openly because they'll take me down for this or that and um, right you know that's that's what gets us conditioned into a place where we can just say no you're not allowed to say that like right now I people say I don't want to say that because I'm afraid it'll get me canceled and it'll just be like one more increment forward towards you're not allowed to say that. It's just not allowed. Right. It's it's like uh, you know, when the when the government it came out, you know, they're they're always like, Oh, they're gonna take our guns, they're gonna take our guns. Well, they don't have to if they just take all the bullets. So it's kind mm-hmm. of the same thing, you know. It's it's the same concept. Your your thoughts are the are the are the weapons your your actions are the bullets right and so because your actions follow the thought so once you have these thoughts in your head if you're not willing to pursue them then you're castrated from the word go it doesn't matter and that's why i got shunned from all of my anarchist libertarian groups i was in is because i kept telling them like dude none of y'all y'all all still pay income tax and it's not illegal for you to not pay them Mm-hmm. like you can you just can see scared. it you're just fucking scared mm-hmm. of doing it like you just won't do it because you're scared at that and, point it becomes you know, you self-policing do... right and that's and the then same they don't thing have with to the cancel, cancel anything and right. so you know like i said um i'm, I'm reading 1984 it's the yep. first time i've ever read it that's um, that's I've, awesome it's a I've good time movies, to read it. i've watched you know movies based on it all of that stuff because so i know the concept of it Sure. Um, but I man, reading it for the first time, I'm I'm only, you know, maybe a dozen pages in. Okay. Um, it's intense, dude. And it's just this same sh- same shit where it's like, you know, it says in there that there are no laws. There aren't 
flaws. Mm -hmm. Like, so essentially it's not illegal to do anything. Right. But they'll fucking take you if you do the wrong Mm -hmm. shit. But you'll 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 regret it if you don't do the right thing. Right. And everyone's being monitored because right. they all they'll have their telescreen. I uh, do sketchy I, shit. I read that for the first time during the during the BLM riots, right? Yeah. Uh, so so just a couple of years ago, three years ago, three well, we we just did the timeline on the last on the like last that. episode. Yeah. But uh, it was right in the thick of all of that. And for one thing, I started referring to all smartphones as telescreens for a period of time and uh, uh that definitely raised some eyebrows here and there when i when i'd refer to the thing that someone's using right in front of me as their telescreen they'd be like what be like you know like in 1984 and they'd go oh <laughs> oh yeah. yeah it is just like that isn't it dude but so what mirrors. struck me the most and you're if you're only a, a couple dozen pages in you they, they've probably mentioned it but they haven't talked much about i think they called it the ministry of love yeah. is what they call the police they said that's what everybody's terrified of it's yes. mentioned it enough to where it listed the different ministries and it said the ministry of love is the most terrifying their building is like super surrounded by sketchy shit and guarded there's yes. no, it's the only building with no windows uh-huh. like there are huge gnarly looking like ape-faced people they said basically it. it's the worst yeah. cops yeah, the worst of what you can imagine, like cops the police state of the police state. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I was reading that for the first time, hearing that term for the first time, as I would walk out my door and everyone's holding up signs that say "defund the police." And these people are not anarchists. <laughs> these people are not saying defund everything. They're socialists. They want socialized programs. They're not actually against the police. They just want new police. They want to defund the police and start something that sounds a lot better, something like a ministry of love. <laughs> and uh, right, because they only care about words. Right. Yes. Right. The exactly. progressive it's... left only cares about words. And that's another theme that's in 1984 that's so much is because it's the it's um newspeak, I think is what they yeah. call it, right? Yep, so that's the language. Yeah. So they're so they're editing, Wild. they're constantly editing the dictionary to make they're trying to slim it down make it as simple as possible and uh that's when we lose words we lose the ability to communicate fully and properly and that's exactly what in quotes they want in real life right now yep (laughs) which is a weird time for that to be happening too because we have the internet social media and all that stuff so we're like in this weird spot where people are they're communicating more like humans are communicating more than they ever have with each other, right? But, but they're also simultaneously more disconnected than they've ever been. We're more disconnected and we're limiting our scope more and more all the time, just making it as, as minimal as possible. But yet it's also constant. People who were sad and lonely before are no longer sad and lonely because they have all the world at their fingertips. Mm-hmm. Except people go home and they're they're already home they don't go home they hang up their phone and they're sadder and lonelier and they need antidepressants more than ever (laughs) and uh that's no coincidence i don't think of course not i mean we're sicker and dumber than we've ever been divorce rate is on a high like dropout rate is is at an all-time high like like all of the bad things are at an all-time high 
Mm-hmm. Like all of the bad shit is just off the charts. Uh-huh. Like value of the dollar is just gone to shit. So inflation oh, is fucking through the roof. And we now have like, we now have have federal uh, digital currency. Yeah, Fed now, babe. <laughs> Bad now it's all it's all happening in the words of alex jones while everybody's distracted by all of this nonsense that's going on and trials and everything they rolled out fed now you know what's interesting uh fed now i haven't heard anyone make this 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 and it's a little off so it's not perfect but when the fed was originally instituted what did they use the in the newspapers to distract everyone the sinking of the titanic and now we have yep. the titanic resurfaces in the news with this with this titan thing that exploded imploded under the water whatever you know we talked about that a few episodes back yep and then all of a sudden we have fed now roll out i don't know it's just kind of one of those man history repeats itself exactly it, what 110 years later yeah that sounds right no because 10 years income tax was, was 13 I think it was 10. The, uh, the, tw- Fed, uh, 19, was, 10. the Fed was created in 1913. Oh, was it? Na- okay. Yeah. It's 1913. So, yeah. It's that. Yeah, I think the Jekyll Island shit happened in 1910. Like the, okay. the conspiracy to create the Fed was 1910. And it took them three years um, to actually yeah. bring it create to fruition. It. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. I think its official launch was 1913. I I could be wrong, but I'm no, that's Fair. that's that's I'm about ninety nine percent right. Or I was thinking, sure. I was thinking, income tax was nineteen thirteen, but then that probably would have been like nineteen fifteen. Yeah, yeah it, was, okay. it was it was not much later. See, pre pre COVID, I could have I knew all this stuff off off the top of so, my head because I I here's, looked at it constantly. <laughs> here's something else that happened very quickly after the creation of the first Fed, which. We'll have to look for because it's building right now. A world war happened. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, man. It's I, I don't know about any more, but around the time I was last like paying close attention to the news, world war was on the on the, the tips of everyone's tongue. Civil war or world war, depending on who was talking and when, you know, but yeah, people, yeah, dude, it's, people are uh, yammering for it. They want it, I think. <laughs> It's as much wild. as people actually it's want stuff like that. that, that people like, I just, I don't. People get are it. insane, Bob. <laughs> they really are. It's what um, makes you and I sane. Well, they're that we see that Again, they're insane. You know, we can we can kind of just coin this entire episode in 1984 because there's so much relevance. Even it, like I was texting with a buddy of mine and talking to my wife. I was like, like there's so much relevance just in the first few pages i'm just like i need to get a highlighter yep. and start making notes and it's, shit because that's going to be an all insane... lining up because it's talking about mind control driving mm-hmm. people crazy group think making mm-hmm. people just want to smash and kill um like surveillance su- yeah total surveillance of it... everything helicopters coming down in between buildings in the middle of the night and but like every every word you right read in there. that bob you're gonna want to highlight <laughs> you know right because it's, it's wild like i said this was uh uh what would that have been 2020 summer of 2020 when i read it and um it was so like i couldn't get anywhere without it being like shit i have to sit this down set this down and think about this for a second because this is happening this is happening and i think that that might be 
an ongoing thing. If we'd read it in 1984, the era, the actual year of 1984, well, we've been going, oh shit, this is happening. This is happening. You know, right? I mean, I uh, guess maybe because the cold. It, it War seems like we couldn't on. now. We we look back and we're like, oh, but it's so far from that. In 1984, we were so far from that. But I kind of think that the people, the deeper readers of it, which granted, I think this book is um, total bullshit in the sense that they make everybody used to make everyone read it. I don't know if they still do, uh, yeah. but it used to be like required reading um, for for I don't know, whatever level of education. As an uneducated person, I don't <laughs> I don't know what those levels are. Yeah, I don't know. I remember watching Animal Farm in like elementary school. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's that's um, real young. But I don't remember being told to read 1984. Um, but I really didn't pay attention in like English and literature classes. Yeah. I didn't I didn't really care. I just did what I needed to to get by. I'm dyslexic, so reading fucking sucks. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, all we had was clip notes back in the day. We didn't have like YouTube or you know, movies of shit like or Chat GPT, <laughs> yeah, or anything <laughs> like that. Yeah, we yeah. couldn't do that, man. And so, you know, you'd re read cliff notes and maybe somebody that took the class the year before and and just copy off their shit because I hated reading. I hated reading. I'm actually oh. I'm actually blowing through 1984 a lot faster than I've ever gone through a book. Um. And I haven't really sat down and read a book in fucking decades, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it's been a minute. I listen to that shit because I'm always on the move. I uh, I didn't know I didn't know that about you. That's uh that's interesting to learn because same I have the same story. I was I was uh, uh pinned as being dyslexic when I was in first grade when we were reading uh, the Dick and Jane books while we were you know putting our finger on it and having to sound out words like the which you can't sound out. Um, uh, it, uh, they pulled me from the class and they put me in what they called the leg up program. And they told my parents I was dyslexic. And basically what they did was they put me in the class where I don't get to read what other kids are reading. I'm going to stay on Dick and Jane and other books like that while they're moving on to Charlotte's web and other books as they, as we get what? older, I was just always in the, we're three years behind the other kids <laughs> class, wow. which was fucking stupid. Because it wasn't until I, I dropped out of school when I was in eighth grade. I finished eighth grade, not technically, but they gave me a passing grade just to kind of get me out of there. And uh, I never, I never went back to school. I, I tried a little bit, but I, oh shit, dude, it, it never, That's... never really took. And that was mostly because I, I couldn't fucking read practically because they'd kept me in these like slow kid classes and shit like that. And as I got to having my own thinking mind, I started really asking mm, kind of smart ass questions, but they were actually poignant a lot of the time. And I just pissed off teachers like fucking crazy. And uh, by that point, I was like, I was just, I was just done with it. And I thought I was stupid. Like I, I had no problem accepting the fact that I'm a dumb kid. I'm going to go be street smart instead of book smart. Cause I'm stupid kind of a thing. <laughs> right. And it was, uh, it was only within a few years of that, that I realized, Oh shit. I love reading. I was starting to read like philosophy books and stuff like that stuff. I wasn't supposed to be able to read. And yeah, I still am to this day. I'm a slow reader, but, uh, but I, but I take in like what I, what I've kind of learned is all these other kids learned how to, to just kind of, 
gloss over things and be able to answer a question and forget it. Takes me a little while to read, but I actually digest what I read and I take it in. Right. And I and suddenly when I would have been in like um like tenth grade or so, which I wasn't anymore. I'm I'm just a I'm just a low life working full time as as a teenager. But I would I would pick up these these philosophy books and be reading them and like I'm not supposed to be able to read these. I'm supposed to even wait a couple more years until I can read these. But I'm taking them in and I was like actually getting it. And I realized, fuck man. They had it wrong all the time. I just wasn't learning on their on their right. system in their way. And maybe they even could see, and I'm not being full of my, I, I am being full of myself, but like, whatever, take it for what you will. Like I was, maybe they saw me as the smartest kid in the class and they were like, let's not let him read. Let's try to choke this guy back because there's something about this little first grader that we see that he's going to, he's going to ask the wrong questions if he reads too much. I don't Dude, know. I, 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 you may be onto something because I got held back. I didn't, I wasn't put in like special classes, but because I was kind of all over the place, scatterbrain, ADD, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, I was, uh, I was, I, you know, I didn't do homework and shit, but I always, I, I scored high on tests, but my homework score was shit. Right. And so, they decided to hold me back in fourth grade. And I'm like, why? Like, I, I, I obviously took your freaking tests and passed them. Like I, I looked at the prints. I remember vividly being in the, in the principal's office and they were taught saying, Hey, we're going to hold you back because of, you know, the X, Y, and Z reasons. And I was like, but my test scores are high. Like, what do you, what are you talking yeah. about holding me back? I obviously know the information, but I'm not doing your daily bullshit. Yeah. Like, like I'm retaining the knowledge. Isn't that the purpose? And mm -hmm. I, I don't know that I said it so eloquently, but I, you know, I was, I but it didn't make sense. In there you could look at that it, situation. It made no say, sense. Yeah. Like, like, wait a minute, all my friends get to go ahead and I have to be held back with the, you know, in fourth grade, like third grade is behind you. Yeah. That's like high school and junior high at that level. You know, uh -huh. you're in fucking fourth grade. You're not a third grader. Well, and you've you been conditioned the through the school system in, in elementary school. And you're in that school system where they keep you with people of your own age. So the people above you are better than you and the people below you age wise are are less than. Right. So when they do something like that, I think that's particularly horrible to do to a to someone in like fourth grade versus like first grade. Like first grade, I don't know they're still getting their, their, their bearings and, you know, okay, they, they yeah. do the same thing twice, but then they develop their, you know, friend group and all of that and continue to pro progress through that. But like when you're in fourth grade, like everybody's going to fucking know that that's like a humiliation ritual almost, you know? Right. And it, it leads me to say what I've come to with my own situation and a few other people that I've talked to who had really hard times in the, in the government school system. And that's it. I don't think it had anything to do with how smart we are because stupid stupid fucking people graduate P really stupid people get through school with a c average and they get get out of there and they have no problem because those kids have low personalities they're not they're not asking the wrong questions or the right ones they're just not participating and they're like yeah, yeah let's move them through they'll be fine in a factory well i had a i had a kid that i went to high school with um his name was doug and uh he was a huge huge dude in high school he's like 
six four, six five, like two eighty, oh, yeah. like uh-huh. just just a big old boy, giant. He was yeah. a fucking giant, man. Yeah, he was he was uh, on the football team, you know. But the dude was simple, mm-hmm. right? And because he was huge, you could tell everybody helped him move along. Because he was this big dude that had been used in sports, they right? want him they on the football team. They want him on the football team. So that kid everybody, went to college. everybody would help him, like actively help him through things. You know, they they do his homework. They'd let him copy or whatever. They they would help him get through. And the teachers all kind of seemed to know what the fuck was going on. I, the only person that I don't think really realized what was happening was Doug. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, he just thought this is how things worked. Right. You know, he and why would he think was, anything else? And he was the nicest guy in the world. Mm-hmm. He was this giant baby of a man because like intellectually, he was maybe like eight. Wow. You know, he was yeah. uh, he was like borderline and unretarded. No, that that may be a stretch. He, okay. he was a functioning. Okay. He was a functioning yeah, yeah, adult. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I knew him after high school too and he's a functioning adult he's not retarded but he's just you know he has that childlike just demeanor mm-hmm. where you know he doesn't really agitate really easily he's you kind of have to explain shit to him you know but he was a rad dude everybody loved him so we got and so we got those people football player and that's not <laughs> a unique story i've heard that story many right. times I mean, that's a, it's, it's kind of a classic story The you know, the football player doesn't need to know how to pass a test. They'll pass it for him kind of a thing. Cause we need him on varsity. The colleges take that guy in, not because of his grades, but because of his playing abilities and things like that. Uh, but then on the other hand, you have the people like you and myself who aren't getting a, a lick of help. In fact, I think in my case, and it sounds like in your case too, they're actively choking other kids back. They're right. slowing other kids' ability to learn. And then there's, so there's like the two, like if we look at those as two extremes, and then there's all these people in the middle who were just coasting through. And then there's right. also your brainiacs. I mean, there's other And then those too. are your, the the middle ones that coasted through, those end up being your your doctors, your lawyers, your senators, because they're, they're generally upper middle class, you know, like where they're going to go to college. They're yep. going to connect they don't want to, but they will because yep. they have to. Yep. And, yeah. and nepotism goes into that a lot. And then those people feed what kind of controls everything. Um, I, know, met every, I met every one of them during my career drinking time, as I was calling it earlier. Uh, in a col- I was doing that in a college town. So I'm like, I'm this literally uneducated hillbilly. <laughs> sitting on a, on a, on a bar stool talking to college students, like every night, like that's, that's just what I fucking did. And I came to to the general conclusion that 99% of those kids don't care about school. Don't want to be there. Don't give a fuck about their career, which is what they like theoretically would be giving a fuck about. They're just trying to please their parents and maybe not even trying to please trying not to disappoint and i don't know i i don't know what happened to like any of those people but they all went through they all went through there they all went to yeah. western washington university and graduated and moved along you know and those you're you're right they're all over the place those are those are 
everyone that you're dealing with that on a daily basis doing all that shit. That's the NPC, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's those are the people that you have to wonder, do they have an inner dialogue? Are they actually mm-hmm. fucking thinking? Or are they just a, doing what they have to do? I have a group in a, my hometown. They never left the hometown. The hometown has a college in it. They all went to that college. They're all just like diehard that town. And they all still hang out together ever since high school. It's the same group mm-hmm. doing the same shit. Nothing um, really changed. And, you know, like, I've the only reason I really look down on it, <laughs> right, is because they're all still doing it in the city, being NPC idiots. Now, if they had done that and all gotten acreage and was living out in the country and, and doing it, but they still just live in the city. They go to their mundane jobs. They live in either apartments or neighborhoods and stuff. Um, That's what puts them in like, the NPC. That, yep. Having a tight bond or brotherhood of of friends from childhood, I think that's a great concept. I don't have that, but I've I've seen it in, in, in on TV and in movies, movies and shit. You know, <laughs> they say it's a thing, and if right. that exists, you know, I I tell my son all the time. You know, I hope that I hope that works out for you. Your your guys who are your guys now, while you're nine years old, I hope that you guys are still friends when you guys are thirty. I I really I sincerely do. And there's no part of me that then says, but you won't be. <laughs> uh, but right. there, I, I don't know that that's a, real a thing. handful. Like I still have, I had a friend of mine um, that uh, I grew up with that I've known for at least 30 years. And he texted me today and he was like, Hey, how close are you to Houston? We got to go on Friday. And if you're available, you know, we could, we could meet for food or whatever. Um, and that's all I really get, right? Like, I'm not in any clicks, but people will randomly just reach out like, hey, man, what's up? Mm-hmm. And so I get As- random shit. But my, I mean, my best friend that I talk to almost every day, um, I've known him since I was like 17. Yeah, that's um, great. But we don't, we only see each other like twice a year. Mm-hmm. You know, if that, and what's funny is we live closer now than we have in ages like he's like an hour maybe 45 minutes something like that right um from me and we still it's just like we're so busy we're both just busy with life you know happens mm-hmm. oh yeah um, for sure but, yeah all my all my much younger friends of mine are either dead or junkies or alcoholics that i can't hang out with for reasons like that for just personal my own you know that's my own vices problems and stuff too right uh, but then I have a lot of friends, had a lot of friends that were more on like an intellectual level from here. I'm like my twenties and stuff. People who passed through that, that bar that I was at as well, who weren't in college, or if they were actually were, were that little percentage that were thinking and, you know, we'd have great conversations and we stayed in contact and we're like, we were like pretty good friends until 2020 <laughs> when I, as far as I'm concerned, they turn their backs on me. However, the reality is, is I, I really, I'm the one who turned my backs on them. They were just going along to get along, taking the path of least resistance. And I, I said, sorry, I'm, I'm done. Y'all, y'all no. <laughs> I, yeah, I lost, I lost a lot of my friends through phases. So there was the Obama nonsense that we went through. I lost a lot of friends during that garbage and then the trump thing i lost a lot of friends with that because i hated I, like again I, I hated all sides 
yeah. of it at each one and all my friends were stuck in that binary thought sure and they're like wait you're not you're not with me so you must like the other guy I'm like nope don't like that guy either like mm-hmm. and they just ah does not uh, shorts them out they can't handle it that's, yeah they can't you they know can't really that's more why accurate. you didn't pick a team that's more accurate for me losing those friends too I absolutely lost friends in quotes, friends. I don't know, really more acquaintances, but people I had deep conversations with nonetheless, lost a lot of them in 2008 and the build up to 2008 where I just wouldn't budge. I was not an Obama supporter and yeah. I, I, I just didn't see it. I just wasn't doing it. And then I was right. <laughs> you know, he was yeah. a warmonger. <laughs> yeah. What lost do you mean even, you're not lost voting even for more. the black guy? Lost even more through that period because I'd say I'd, I'd maybe actually I didn't really lose him before that. But then as I kept saying, hey, look, at your guy now. You know, what do you think of him now? It, it, that's when they started being like, no, you're you're like racist. You're racist if you're saying these things. And it's like, mm, I'm not bringing race into this. You are, but I'm not, <laughs> you know. Right. And uh, yeah. And then Trump comes around and it was like, I I hated Trump but I didn't hate him enough. <laughs> you know, I didn't hate him in the right way. Well, in the, in the words of, of Dave Smith, um, I didn't hate him the way they wanted me to hate him. Exactly. <laughs> that's <laughs> I it. think that's how he said it. Yeah. Uh, they, like they, I hated him, but I didn't hate him the way they wanted me to hate him. They wanted to hate him for things like memes that were, that were false, right. that weren't right. They wanted to just hate him for being, a, a millionaire again very surface shit very it's it's all about the words it's all about the the surface thing with uh-huh. these people yeah because i would turn i would turn things on that on that on its head but well so what hillary clinton's not these things obama is not these things like you guys are into these other people but they're not they're all those things that you're hating about trump but here's why i actually hate trump and they'd be like oh yeah you know, oh, I've, dude, I've said that a uh, Trump Messiah syndrome is more dangerous than Trump derangement syndrome. Yeah, it's it's true. I'm I'm with you. I haven't heard that before, but that's yeah, that's a great that's a great way of putting so much stuff. Anybody that worships at the altar of Trump, you have been castrated. You are not a conservative. You have fallen for the Trojan horse, you mm-hmm. idiots. That was and you have you have been provably castrated. They got you to lock up your churches and your businesses, and you kept your guns at home. Fucking pussies. That, that twenty like, was see was that twenty sixteen that he ran in twenty seventeen that he became president. Whatever those years yeah. were, everyone I I almost exclusively spoke with conservatives during that time for yeah. that whole lead up, and I listened to every every one of them were anti-Trump before he became the absolute candidate when he was just running. Actually, the day he announced it, I was like, whoa, I want to say that was like June of 2015. Um, See, I stopped drinking by then. So I, so I can like, uh, I can actually remember some times (laughs) things, but yeah, it was like June of 2015 or so that he announced he was running. I went, fuck yeah, that's what we need. We need a fucking businessman to be running this place. Granted, I was steeped in libertarian bullshit at the time, but I was saying great. And everyone was saying, fuck that guy. And they said, fuck that guy for so long. Even Rush Limbaugh, I was listening to a lot of Rush Limbaugh on and off throughout that time. 
Rush Limbaugh was super anti-Trump. He fucking hated the guy. I remember distinctly Rush Limbaugh's voice calling Donald Trump a progressive liberal who will never earn his respect. And sure enough, once he was the candidate, that was never spoken of again. And uh, all the, the people in my real life circles, too, one by one, they all became Trump guys. And by the time he was elected, they were all... If I if I put it vulgarly, they were all stroking their fucking dicks in excitement. They're like, motherfucker, we fucking won. We did this. This is fucking amazing. I mean, the, the energy that those that those people I was hanging out with were putting off was fucking insane. To, yeah, I mean, dude. it was and there was so much. Statists are crazy, man. Like, I never felt I always jobs. said it, but I never felt before that moment how much the main stage politics are sports. It's sports. It's it's betting. It's your team. You said I was good. This is I guessed it right. I said it was going to be him. And that was the that was the attitude that was going around. But I felt like I was the only person who could remember. Every one of you said he wasn't it. Every one of you said he wasn't your guy. But yet you came around to it at the last minute. You said you said the Mariners aren't going to win. You said, you said, this team is not going to win. They're not going to win. And then they went to the finals and you went at, at the playoffs and you were like, oh, now I'm a fan. And they win the World Series. And you're like, I was with them all the way. That's the way I felt about everyone who was who had the Trump Messiah syndrome. It was uh, what a fucking wild time that was. That's when I that's when I axed my Facebook. And I was just like, I was like, done. I was like, no fucking social media. I'm out of it. I'm I, did, I did the same with my personal one, dude. It, I, I shut. I, I, I didn't. I left it open because I didn't want to have to transfer all the pictures of my kids and stuff I had on there. Yeah. Um. But I didn't touch it for years. I just was like, nope, I'm done with this. Yeah. This is stupid. Uh, fuck Facebook. Uh huh. Um, yeah. I, I asked mine. I actually, it's actually back up again. A few years ago, I for that exact reason, I wanted some pictures. I was like, I know they were there. I wonder if I can sign in again. And sure enough, I could and brought it back after having a blank profile forever on everyone's thing. All of a sudden, everyone's like, oh, cool, you're back. I'm like, no, I'm not. No, no <laughs> this is this. This shit's too stupid. It's more stupid now than it was in 2016. And it, well, and it's, that, it's that progression towards that idiot society. You know, ignorance is strength. From mm-hmm. 1984, like that's mm-hmm. the mantra: war is peace, freedom is slavery, and ignorance is strength. Bingo! He nailed it. He nailed, nailed right it. now. Nailed <laughs> Back it. then, what year was the book written? 40, 49? 49? Yeah, I think forty nine. Yeah, it's uh, um, and it's there's a- some stuff in it where I'm like, eh, like, was it written in forty nine? Did he? how could he perceive these things to be part of the future? There's certain things where I'm like, he's talking about a movie in the beginning where uh, this fat dude gets shot from a helicopter in water and the water turns pink. And I'm pretty sure they didn't have color film in 49. Oh, right? well, no, so, they did to some did degree. Have... Cause when was wizard of Oz? Uh, that seems like that's thirties. Yeah. But wasn't wizard of Oz in black and white first? It was, was it like the, the first it, it was the movie? first color movie i don't know if it's was it? exactly but that the first part of the movie is in black and white and then when she gets to oz and she opens the door everything is in color 
And the story is everyone's minds were fucking blown away because they'd never seen all this color up on a screen before. Right. Uh, it was kind yeah, of the it was kind of the rolling out of color film, but it was all the way into the late '60s that people were still making black and white movies. It was just cheaper, right? Cheaper for that film stock. So, and television was was black and white for a long time still, and stuff like that. But but film did exist with color. So okay. And he yeah, could have seen, he, you know, the longer we keep making color films, the cheaper it's going to be. So it'll be the standard someday. Right. I think that would that would kind of probably be yeah. kind of easy. There's to see. that, and then he, uh, Winston, bought a book, an, a journal, at a store for two dollars and fifty cents. Now he said two dollars, not two euros or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um. And this is somebody who didn't isn't an American. He didn't grow up in America. He he didn't spend any significant time in America. And some of the language he uses is very Southern hmm. American. Yeah. Um, but yeah. two dollars and fifty cents in 1949. Two dollars and fifty cents was like a fucking whole day's pay. Like especially for somebody that's like living in that scenario. Yeah. Two fifty is a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, how did he correlate the value appropriately? Like, how did you yeah. adjust for inflation 40 years in the future perfectly? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. And then some of the language is very Mark Twain kind of written, you know, it's ain'ts and y'alls and, mm -hmm. you know, very Southern sounding. Um, the lady across the hall, like, you read it with a Southern accent. Mm -hmm. um, right that's that's how it's written it's written to sound southern and it's like okay where is this place that mm -hmm. this is all happening what's the location of it really it's not china um, <laughs> right and so you know i've been toiling with that through it and it's uh you know i'm going and i've heard you know conspiracy theories or rumors or whatever that you know, George Orwell, you know, Eric Blair was, you know, part of the occult and, you know, was scripted just like C.S. Lewis to do this stuff. And all of these, all of these people that wrote these books, um, your Aleister Crowley's and everything, they're all connected, right? Sure. And so this was, this was a book that was actually written to tell us about the future and how it's going to be because it's their plan. Not... Because they, they knew they're yeah. not predicting they're yeah. they're revealing right <laughs> yeah yeah i'm 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 open to that that's also that can play into i was pointing out that it was mandatory reading for a long time if not still i imagine they can't make that mandatory reading now it'll blow I too many people's it, fucking seriously. minds <laughs> like, it is way too on the nose yeah right right uh but if it was you know up through the 80s you know say from like the the 60s to the 80s you know then that's that gets it in everyone's heads but this is what we're looking for. That makes right. it so that we already heard about the idea of talking to a television screen long before we started watching TV on our phones and talking to people on our phones, you know, um, just, they, I mean, think about the amount of stuff that our brains as a culture were seated with from that book alone. Oh yeah. And, you know, well, and, and like, um, it, it conditions you to think that this is the extreme. So anything under that is acceptable, right? Sure. 
So anything short of an Orwellian dystopian future, we're all right with it, as long as it doesn't go full Orwellian. Well, right? that's why it can't be. That's why it can't be mandatory reading anymore. Is because there's too much stuff that is full, full on. I mean, we're not completely there, but there are Close. aspects. There are aspects <laughs> where people would. I, I think if you just had everyone in high school right now read that, a whole lot of people would be like, "Wait." this is happening, <laughs> you know, right. This or that, maybe not the whole thing, but this or that from the book is happening now. You know, right. it's, it's impossible not to see. Right. It's that's why, that's why I got so excited when you said you're reading it. See. It's, yeah, man. I've, well, I've, uh, I've accumulated a very nice library mm-hmm. over the years, right? Hundreds of books that I have wanted to read, but, I make excuses not to. Um, and I have been challenged by my lovely wife to look at my phone less. Because uh, I give her a hard time for how long she's on her phone. And I'm like, I told her the other day, I was like, put down your phone. Go read a book. And she goes, you go read you a go book. Re- <laughs> <laughs> and I said, all right. Touche. <laughs> I'll fucking do that then. And uh. so I'm making, today I was like, all right, uh, go pick a book go pick a book I, I want to start reading a book mm-hmm. and she went and grabbed 1984 and i was like okay I'm gonna grab first. bravo thank you kaylee yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the world will thank you yeah yeah it's a it's so far man it's a freaking tremendous read man it's super interesting i mean i i can't go two lines without going fucking right <laughs> this is intense okay all right uh, so amazing <laughs> like, how real can it get holy shit <laughs> like like this is all i have lived through these times this is wild um and uh you know it makes me start thinking you know the the four ministries they're pyramids oh like okay. the four pyramids in egypt oh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that could that can draw into him being an occultist yeah, aspect 900 meter tall um pyramid i don't remember that at all at, at this moment <laughs> yeah so, i took crazy. so much in uh, uh, reading that that dude it's a lot I, like yes. i don't know that i'm gonna be able to retain all of it like i said i'm only a dozen or two dozen pages in at this point um and i don't know that i'll retain it all i, I tend to try to you know i'm like you you know i read slow but i retain it you know I, I'm, I'm like digesting it as i read it like playing yeah. out this this theatrical thing in my mind slowly You'll retain uh, what you need to at right. th- this time of reading it. Maybe you'll read it again in, in 10 years or five or 20 years from now. And you'll retain some more uh, that's more poignant to you at that time. But you, whatever you do take, because, yeah, read through something and you digest it and you take it all in. Well, there, there's if something's as dense as that book, you're not going to take you're going to spend time digesting just the ministry of love not all the other ones that are going on, not all the other ministries that get mentioned here or there, because something hits you over the head, like a fucking pile of bricks. That's where your brain's going to go. So, you know, I don't know. You'll, you'll take away what you need to take away reading it in 2023. Yeah. And if you read it again in, in 2028, you'll take away what you need at that time. Well, after I read it, I'm going to give it to my son. Cool. And I'm going to 12. He will be in November. So Perfect. he's close. Yeah. yeah. He he needs to um, and I, he's like 
he's to the point where he can read this and and understand it. There might be some words in there he doesn't understand, but mm-hmm. I generally give him a dictionary. Like mm-hmm. here's a dictionary. If you come across words you don't know, look it up. And be there to talk about any themes or or aspects that he if he's yep. confused. He loves this shit, man. Like I I I wish somebody had had grabbed me at you know 11, 10, 11, 12 years old and and guided me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so it's it's a fun experience to be able to give him the guidance that I didn't get. Um and I I recently just got him a uh, another um uh, conspiracy minded kind of t-shirt from the great Ryan Dane. Oh, he makes some great World. t-shirts. Man, go check out his stuff dangerousworldpodcast.com. I think that's what it is. Um He's got rad gear and he started putting out youth side stuff. And I was like, all right, cool. Look it up. Spencer loves it. So what, what shirt is it? What does it say? It's a, it's a, I forget what it says. I think it just says dangerous world. And then it's it's got got a bunch of photos. It's the one that looks like a grand theft auto. Oh, okay. Um, Cool. It's a new design of his. I don't know if it's just in youth sizes, but it looks like grand theft auto. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got a bunch of pictures in the background of aliens and you know all the all the fun conspiracy things. Cool, that's great. Yeah, that'll it's get a that's, super rad shirt. Those shirts, all the all these conspiracy shirts are all great conversation starters. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, hey, which you know, I know we've talked about it. We gotta we gotta do a show with the kids. Yeah, uh, I think that'll be cool. It'd be a fun one, man. Uh, yeah. I think your the shit that you say that your your kid says is just <laughs> what he said about the Barbie movie. I'm like, oh, dude, my oh, boy's raising my a dead kid. Uh, he <laughs> that's a proud father <laughs> moment right there. <laughs> that was so great. Yeah, he said. Uh, he said, not only do I not want to see this, I actively hate it and wish it didn't exist. That's <laughs> so amazing. That was in the theater when we went that's... to see Indiana Jones. They played oh. it before it, and he's he's like leaning over to me, like whispering that to me while that's... we're watching. That. That's the best, man. You know you're doing good as a dad when you get that from your kid, dude. Yeah, yeah. That's so special. It, it also made me feel a little better about all the propaganda that we're seeing sitting in that theater and all this stuff coming out. Hey, at least he's thinking about it. <clears throat> he's yep. not letting it wash over him and just sub- affect his subconscious. Well, and that's really, that's all we have to do, right, is expose the bullshit and then let them see it. Right. You know, let let them hone their discernment. like. Like we all we could tell them is, hey man, it's everywhere. Yes, it's everywhere all the time. Constant. And you just have to be able to see it. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've been correlating this reality to the Matrix a lot. You know, when uh, I forget who it is, but they're sitting at the computer and he's like, I don't even see the numbers anymore. It's blonde, brunette, redhead. He was like, that's all I see. I don't even see the code. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I think we we have to be able to see the code, right? Like we we have to. Yeah. And all it takes is seeing the code once to be able to manipulate it. Then you well, and to see it once and then you see that it's all code. You right. see that you see the propaganda once and you see that it's all propaganda. Constant just being bombarded. Hey, speaking of propaganda and such, I want to take a sharp turn here. Okay, I want to ask you about uh, about if if someone is your favorite rapper, you into uh, Travis Scott? You a Travis Scott fan? 
No. Do you know who Travis Scott is? He's the one that had that weird freaking Ast- concert at the Astro Astrodome. World. Yeah, I, I mean, I lived. I used to go to the Astro World as as a kid because uh-huh. it, I lived close to Houston and growing up, and so we would go to Six Flags, which was across the street from Astro World. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So he did. He did that thing. He had um. It was uh six people died at that something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Adam and I did a a whole like hour and a half thing on it right as it happened. We were learning all this stuff about uh, it, like the dates were the same as a Pearl Jam concert where people died in a similar manner. They had similar album covers. There was just like, there was so much in that, in this whole Travis Scott, Travis Scott's music and Travis Scott's uh, stage that he had. And I came to the, to the, to the complete realization that whatever that was, was a ritual. It was a ritual. Right. Those were sacrifices. I don't know what it all means, but there was there was a lot to that. It wasn't just a random fucking riot at a concert kind of a thing. Right. It was it was very, very intriguing. So, okay, I I bring him up for a, a reason. I'm perplexed by him in this moment. And I earlier this week, I, I sent you some music. Did you yeah. check that out at all? I did. I did. I didn't get to listen to as much as I wanted to, but I if did you, if you heard the first five minutes, you're golden. Yeah. Um. So that's Gentle Giant is what I sent you. The album is Power and the Glory. I'm a fucking Gentle Giant nut. <laughs> I'm sad to say. <laughs> Dude, because it's, it's fine. It's fine now that I'm married, but that shit is pussy repellent. <laughs> 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 Women hate that progressive rock it's synth heavy it's you can't dance to it the time signatures are all out of whack the guys are musical geniuses but they're the biggest dorks on earth if you ever see them playing live they wear like medieval clothing for the most part you know fluffy (laughs) shirts and shit and they bounce around on stage as they're playing that stuff all of them except the drummer who for some reason this English band in the 70s was always dressed head to toe in Oakland athletic baseball gear. Socks, maybe cleats, probably not actually cleats, but they looked like cleats, the socks and the pants, the hat, and he would just fucking kill it. They're all, I can't stress enough how, like, Gentle Giant is a masterclass in incredible musicianship. However, oh, yeah. it's it's as dorky as it gets, it's as corny as it gets, and it is not something you associate with, should I say, cool. Uh, like right. I said, it's well, pussy repellent. <laughs> it's, it's like a, um, it's like dream theater. Like most people fucking hate on dream theater where it's just really intense music. It, it's it's your musician's music. Like, yeah, there you go. That's a, it's, it's a musician's band. It's right. not a band that just anybody can pop in and give a shit about. No one can dance to it. It's undanceable, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but... But that undanceableness of musicians listening, they're going, holy crap, how are they keeping track of these time changes that they're going through? And they're flipping back and forth. And, you know, they do rounds with their music, like row, row, row your boat when it starts repeating over itself. But they're doing that with like the drums and the synth and the bass and, you know, and it's real funky. I think it's cool. I I used to love it. I mean, I still do. But I the, I used the to real off to it. timing reminds me of a band called Dismemberment Plan. Um, oh yeah, I know that name at least. That that their music is all off. It doesn't really follow your your regular structure. Um, and when you first listen to it, you're like, wait, 
like it takes some getting used to right you got to listen to it a couple times where you then you start understanding what they were doing with it that's that's a way i might describe general giant in the past too is um you got to listen through the weirdness and the offsetedness of it until before you know it you'll be humming their tunes like 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 you could dance to them <laughs> right but it's like but you got to learn you can dance to it but you have to learn the music before you can dance to it because if you start <laughs> trying to bop your head it, you're not going to be going to the beat of the music but if you know all these changes they're doing it's really it's actually great to bob your head too okay so i've established how lame <laughs> gentle giant is <laughs> I wouldn't use the word lame, man. <laughs> okay, they're, no, they're uh, they're badasses. Underrated. They're underrated and they're badasses, but they're pussy repellent, which makes it all the more strange that I walked into work the other morning and I heard Gentle Giant playing from these twenty-year-old kids, and I, I I didn't just hear Gentle Giant playing. I mean, I I heard it and I said, "Holy shit, are you guys listening to Gentle Giant?" And they laughed and said, no. And I, and there's enough time here that I said, no, you're listening to Gentle Giant. And then the music changed. And it turned out that morning, Travis Scott's new album had dropped. And they were listening to Scott Travis's new album for the first time, which starts with a sample of pure Gentle Giant for like 30 seconds. Nothing but Gentle Giant. And in fact, I've listened what? back to it since then, and they've stripped all the music away, and it's just the vocals. It's just Gentle Giant vocals, and it's that first track off The Power and the Glory, the album I sent you earlier this week. Really? What? Travis Scott. He's like top of the game. These guys downloaded his album or whatever, Spotify. I don't know how kids, I don't know how anybody listens to music anymore, but they they accessed it and it dropped that morning. And this was at eight o'clock in the morning, 7.30 even in the morning. So it was like, these guys were waiting for it. Why? I, I have no place to go with this, but why is Travis Scott promoting Gentle Giant? What What did I miss about that album? That has something to do with Satan, Satan, or the occult, or something. Well, it's interesting. The ones they chose, I, I, I might be a little off on what it is, but it's a uh, uh, the situation that we are in at this time is neither a good one nor is it so unblessed because things could change, things could stay the same. I might change. I'll try to rearrange something like that, and well. I, I so I've been listening to Build it for a long better. time. Twenty years ago, I was like, "Holy shit, this is so true!" Now, even though it's from 1975 or whatever year that album's from, it was so true in like 2000. And now I listen to it in 2023, and I'm like, "It's even more true now." It's a little like the 1984 that we're talking about. I feel like no matter where you read it, no matter where you listen to those words, it's like, "Oh man, this is so true." It's you just know, all it's it's just perpetually relevant it's it's things things are never perfect but they're never the worst either which is kind of what that's what that's saying it's right. it's neither a good one nor is it so unblessed you know and i don't and know i haven't the trap, listened to though, right what's that but that's the, oh that's the a trap. trap yes that because I mean, it, it, if it was all good or all bad it wouldn't work mm-hmm it's 
no it's 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 just i'm 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 so perplexed by what has a black guy <laughs> uh to bring race into it i think that that is somewhat relevant to these white dorks who all have pot bellies and are balding <laughs> who are as i was putting it so many times they're pussy repellent i mean it doesn't there's there's no club white or black or whatever get off the race thing right away like it's uh it um no one's no one's bumping gentle giant in a public venue besides them <laughs> which they're not even around anymore they're they're now called three friends because there's only three of them left but oh shit and that shows you how lame they are they're three friends <laughs> right no, they're just they're just goofball dorks they're goofball dorks they're like the reason i bring up the race thing is because they have always maybe embodied dorky white guys like so well <laughs> well sure yeah they're I mean, and, and we all have like, our stereotypes. Like I said, they dress like medieval puffy shirts, except for one guy's dressed up in a baseball uniform. And like, I don't know, it's just, it's not cool guy stuff. So like, how does that, I, I simultaneously, I've listened back to that this week because I'm going, because I'm like kind of looking for it. And as I listen, I feel like there, you cannot be a musician. You cannot be tuned in on music and listen to that and not be blown away. So if right. Travis Scott or his producers or the people who put together his beats, I, I don't know anything about the guy as far as his like skill goes. Um, is he, is he just a pretty face? Does he write his own lyrics? Does he make his own beats? I don't know the question, the answers to any of these questions. I doubt he does any of that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he does none of it. If he's just he's a clearly face. controlled. So yeah, right. Um, so in that vein, I could see a bunch of behind the scenes guys who were like writing music, making beats, knowing Gentle Giant, and even being like, dude, we should we should incorporate some of this stuff. But then I have to pull it back and go, but they didn't use the music. They took the music away and they used just the vocals. It's like he really, or they, they really wanted people to hear that. And it's the opening track. The whole thing opens with that, with those gentle giant lyrics, yep. which I may or may not have gotten perfectly quoted, but the sentiment was there. Right. So <laughs> perplexing. That's all, that's all I got. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know how that dude's popular. I, you know, I I watched some of the stuff with uh, the whole Astrodome, Astroworld thing, um, and then watched you know some of his other performances, and I was like, this guy isn't good. Like, it's not like he's some super badass lyricist, you know, or anything. Like, everything he does seems to be very ritualistic. Um. He said in an interview at one point in time, I'm I'm there for the blood. Yeah, like I remember that. that. Like he said something that. about that. And I was like, whoa. He said a what? bunch of you know, okay, yeah. here I got I I know so little about the guy, but I hear I hear the fucked up shit, right? So that guy's let's see. I want to say banned from Egypt currently. Mm-hmm. He was trying to do a concert. Maybe even that day that album dropped or something, because it was before I heard about a new album or anything that like a board 
a board of some sort in Egypt had decided he wasn't allowed to come and play a concert at the pyramids. Like he was supposed to be doing a concert at the pyramids. And I bet if I looked at it, if I knew what I was talking about, we could look at it and we could say on a full moon or a new moon or a moon phase with a set that was in the shape of this symbol, <laughs> you know, yep. uh, like, uh, like we could, we could, it's, it's all there. You know, we could Isaac wise hop the fuck out of it. <laughs> uh, yep. And uh, it would all make sense that like, yeah, this guy wants to, this guy's trying to invoke something from the energy field that is where the pyramids are, because I figure there's something there. I never been there, but I think people feel fucking crazy energy there. And yeah, that guy something it's on a ley line. So, I mean, yeah. And that guy wanted to do some, some huge event there. And if I compare that to that astral world deal, it's like that I'm certain was, was a giant ritual. He obviously wanted to have some kind of ritual there. I don't know anybody that went. So as a, as the constant, constant skeptic, maybe the ritual was that it was all fake. It was all fake. I'm into that. Um, I always, I always kind of lead with that mentality. Like, could this have been all bullshit? Mm -hmm. um, just to put the idea that there's some cult out there doing rituals, you know, and distracting us from the fact that it's just a group of greedy ass oligarchs. Sure. Um, and they're just they're making us chase after. They're making conspiracy people chase after a fucking uh, an invisible dragon. They're making. You know, all of these, the political people chase after invisible dragons. They're making all these people just run around in circles. So we don't just look at the people that control everything, which is the banks. And if we destroy the banks, then this shit folds immediately. And they just want to keep us constantly distracted. Dude, I am so into what you're saying. I've been thinking about it a lot lately of the idea that, um, you know, to, to use the umbrella term like all this conspiracy shit what if it's all sown by the powers that be to make us fucking crazy <laughs> you know yeah, like what if course. they're they're trying to create chaos within us by making us think it's that's, all the masons making that's us why think i think that, it's all yeah all that numerology and yeah. symbolism i think they just put it in there to drive us bonkers right because it's it's like an endless rabbit hole that i i feel like i you know god bless anyone who's who's going down those rabbit holes if they're if that's where they feel they're drawn to you should do what you want to do but at the same time I, I i go man i don't know if there's any way back out without just closing the rabbit hole you know, you don't actually like work your way through it and come out the other side. Right. They're just, they're just endless holes, whether that be yeah, numerology, uh, uh, Illuminati, um, Freemason, secret societies as a whole. Dude, you want to trigger people? Tell them that the Freemasons aren't the bad guys. Right. Yeah. They no. lose their shit. People it's... in the conspiracy world lose their fucking shit. Like, they're just Some... like. What do you mean they're not the bad guys? Their symbols are everywhere. I said, or their enemies put their symbols everywhere. I'm stepping out of my waiting pool that I tend to be in. <laughs> but uh, have you ever heard of the the Discordians? No. The Discordians was a group. Okay, see, this is where I, I, I might get some of my information wrong. I like to be more um, <laughs> prepared when I talk about things like this. But they were a group of people from the 60s who um, they did exactly what we're talking about 
where they would try to sow conspiracy theories and put them out there that were like fake. We experienced something real similar. I bet it was that same group that did the birds aren't real. That was recently, you know, yeah. uh, they put these things out to get people to fight and to f- disrupt us and to create chaos. And I kind of wonder if things like that are what those those in quotes powers that be that I'm always talking about, that you're always talking, that we're all always talking about. If yeah. it's not something more along those lines than it is an occult ritual elites yeah, that are man. drinking baby's blood and you know controlling everything down to 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 the last wire oh, of the obama murder set. it's just like yeah. look over here and look over here right Pay no right. attention to the man behind the curtain exactly you know um, that's all it is man and, and maybe you know maybe it is all real maybe there is some god worshiping occult family bloodline that's controlling everything i'm open to that too man i dig the idea i mean we had to come from somewhere that gets more into our origin story um but you know we can't prove why we're here who put us here why they put us here we can't prove any of that we can't prove any of that Mm -hmm. what we can prove is that there is a group of oligarchs that runs the world and they don't give a fuck about us Sure. Um, that's provable. You know, there's a common enemy that we can point to, and it's not some mythical fairy tale, them, they, you know, some entity we can't perceive. It's right fucking in front of us. Like, it's right there. And everybody just needs to to see it. Yeah. And then we can take that enemy down, and then we can then we can worry about what we are where we are how we got here who put us here you know Mm -hmm. but we're never going to figure that out until we get get rid of the people that rule over us it's never going to happen the people ruling over us which thereby create the matrix which makes it so that we can't see out to figure out who we are and where we come from right um and maybe this is a physical realm maybe it's a spiritual one maybe it's a digital one i don't know Mm -hmm. I don't know what this freaking place is. <laughs> no one does. Unless those, the big question. So the big question for all of that would be, do those oligarchs know? Cause if they do know, I think then, then they're worse. <laughs> right. Then they are. If they also don't know, and they're just trying to control us, if they right. do know, and they're trying to control us, it's because they don't want us to know that. And I I think that I think that should be our in quotes god given right to figure out. Right. Right. For sure should be. Um you know, and I think maybe some upper levels of the ruling class know what's what. I don't think all of them do. Mm-hmm. Um I think all of them know it's something. Right? Like I think they all get brought in and they're just like, all right, so it may seem like we're asking you to do some really fucked up shit, but trust us, it's for the greater good. We've got knowledge that you aren't privy to. You just got to trust us. And they just go, okay, and they play their part, right? Like, they just, they go, okay. And like, and they probably sell it. You have a part to play in this. You're working for the right side, you know. And it's going to, it may get crazy, but just know that you're on the right side. 
and they mind fuck these people into thinking that what they're doing is good. Yeah. You know, that's not hard. Right. You know, right. and if they figure out that it's not good, they can bribe them with money or just disappear them. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, I, 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 I love conspiracies and stuff. I could talk about that stuff all day, but I like to talk to the status about, you know, this dystopian freaking future that we're headed towards. And it's all oligarchy. It's all oligarchy and it's staring us in the face. You know, uh, Ted Kaczynski was right, folks. Yes. Over and over <laughs> like, again. He said right. now has been rolled out like, uh, you know, like the government basically owns all major corporations or all major corporations own the government. It's hard to know who's fucking who on that one. Um, like, are they scissoring? Is it a 69? <laughs> like, uh, but they're all tied together in what is it Mussolini style fascism. Sure. You know, and so we're and they run everything. They run mm-hmm. literally everything. Mm-hmm. Every major corporation, everything is run by a relatively small group of people. Well, and that's that's not even that um, unseen. That is that is available. Right. Like, uh, you know, most people maybe most people don't realize this, but most people as they start to look into like, say, fast food they start to realize oh all fast food restaurants are actually owned by like two fast food restaurants mm-hmm. oh wait those two are owned by one is owned by pepsi and one is owned by coke oh wait coke is owned by nabisco and the other is owned by procter and gamble you know like and, and you start to see like oh shit these umbrellas of of corporations are fucking huge like huge you you go to the chip aisle and it is shocking it is shocking the variety of chips that are available but you know what's probably more shocking is how many are available and that they're all sold by the same person by the same yeah. company it's all like, the same there's a good the chance there's a really good chance that there's only one company selling you every one of those a, thousand fucking different varieties a, of chips there's a dude i found on instagram now it may be all bullshit just to freaking perpetuate um you know possibly not true shit but um he goes through the store aisles and he's like let's see who owns this shit and he he's like these companies are all of these different brands are owned by this corporation who's the first shareholder blackrock second shareholder vanguard yeah like in all these major and it's just like all of your store aisles are just blackrock and vanguard basically and and that's that's same with fast food that's the same with uh maybe yeah like realty obviously uh with the news like with with a lot of things where we think and our social media you know all of of this stuff gatehouse media i you know when i used to make really good money i had a had a, a a trophy a bounty that i was offering for the shareholder list of um gatehouse media because you can't find it gatehouse media owns gannett media gannett media owns pretty much everything okay everything all your local newspapers and tv stations and everything are under gannett media and then under and then there's you know under gatehouse media there's like four media companies um and they all own different things like usa today and you know cnn and like all of these huge news networks are all boiled down to one company, Gatehouse Media. It is the largest news corporation in the world by far. 
and believe it. you can't even find you can't find the list that says BlackRock Vanguard. You can't find it for this company. Yeah. And I used to I used to offer a thousand dollars for the shareholder list on that. You should still offer it because you'll never be paying that thousand bucks. <laughs> no, no, it's one of those shadow corporations that nobody really knows about. And I just went down a hole one time. I, I had been seeing a bunch of bullshit articles posted by USA Today. And I was like, all right, let's see who owns USA Today. And I was I went through and I found out that Gannett Media owned USA Today. And I was like, all right, what else does Gannett Media own? And I found out that they in Austin, they own the Austin uh, Statesman. They own like the Oklahoma newspaper, like all your big city newspapers are all owned by them. Um, and then I was like, all right, well, who owns Gannett? Somebody's got to own Gannett. Like if you can get the share shareholders list for Gannett Media and it's just a bunch of people. Now you could probably trace those people back to certain ties, right? Um, but I was like, all right, who owns Gannett Media? And Gannett Media is a sub company of Gatehouse Media. And you can't find shit about Gatehouse Gatehouse. Media. That is interesting. Yeah, Gatehouse. And and I'm hearing a a Bill Gate there. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And and I found this all right in the middle, like when the fucking stupid lockdowns and shit were going on. And so I didn't have shit to do but stay sit at home and do research. Yeah. Big (laughs) mistake, guys, locking us down. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I just sat at home and did research. Hundreds of hours of research, man. I just sit in front of my computer and just do research right um and i'd go down crazy ass rabbit holes and this was one of them and i I found out i was like man you can't find who owns this company who the shareholders are Mm -hmm. like that's sketchy and they own like all media like the london gazette and shit like all of that all of it Mm. that's fucking wild man yeah dude and then and then they play those videos on youtube where it's like every media organization saying exactly the same thing that's all gonna get traced back to gatehouse yeah it's gotta be man that's all gonna be stuff that's under at least gannet media those videos are worth reminding people they exist because that shit is it's eerie it's very eerie when you i mean you just hear the most mundane of the of the the news stories. Everyone yep. is repeating the same way, the same phrase, the same cadence, the same everything. And it's, it's just every democracy. single, every single station. And it's like people are people are right now, as we speak, watching their in quotes local news with their with their guy, their their anchor that, and this is mostly boomers that I'm talking about because they're the only people still watching the nightly news, especially right. the local nightly news. But they're they're hearing the same thing, whether you're in Austin, Texas, or Bellingham, Washington, Portland, Oregon, Florida, New York. You know, like it, it doesn't it's matter. All the same script. They're, dude. they're hearing. Yeah. They're being hypnotized. You could say with the same cadence and the same words. And then you wonder why everyone put on a mask the second they were all asked how to do it at the Dude, same that time. That shit's in freaking 1984 too. Yeah, where they rhythmically repeat things. Uh huh. It's and hypnotism. It and it says it's like a hypnosis. Yeah, like it's all in this fucking like to come back to 1984. It's all in this book. It's wild. Absolutely, fucking wild shit. Well, shit, since we brought it all the way back to 1984, why don't we wrap it up there, Bob? All right, man. Sounds good to me. My wife needs my help with the kids. They're being rowdy. 
I am feeling extremely content with all of this because I am too. Man. I think anytime that you start to peer behind the veil and you what whether it's to see that the Masons are controlling us all or to see that wait, maybe they're not controlling us all, it all leads you more towards feeling content and feeling that like I'm getting a grip on things. I don't have a grip, but I'm getting more of a grip. Every day I have more of a grip on what this true the the true nature of our reality is. And that makes me feel pretty content. Yep. I am wildly content, man. I, this was a this was a really fun one. Yeah, this is good. This was and, good, man. And we got to talk about Gentle Giant. It's always a good day when I talk about Gentle yeah, Giant. Yeah, I need to jam more of that, man. You, you you introduced me to them, and I I dig it. So I gotta. I'm gonna be driving to Austin tomorrow, so I'm gonna hit, jam it on the way down there. I'm trying to listen to more music. Hit up their album Octopus next. Okay. So freaking good <laughs> dude i love that shit man i love jam music when i used to ride a motorcycle all the time man it was it, i would just put on my headphones and under my helmet dude and it was just like, oh yeah that's like that's some good writing. sound and good writing go. right there and so oh yeah i'd imagine that would be good writing music uh, all right but, well with that man i bid you adieu later brother Yeah.
Andy. 